mind. I tried to put different titles on this, but I, I ended up with that. Faith and the renewed mind. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Matthew 4, verse 17. Let's read it together. King James Version just simply says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. Praise the Lord. When we see the word repent, what comes to our mind as believers is uh, what happened when when people get saved. Right? When you see people walking to the altar, we said they have repented. Praise the Lord. But truly, that doesn't really necessarily define. That's okay, but that doesn't necessarily define the word repent. The word repent, if you go through your amplified version, properly captured it. He said, from that time, Jesus began to preach, crying out, to repent. Change your mind. Change your mind. So the word repent actually talks about changing your mind. When you say repent, it means change your mind. Praise the Lord. That means that you have to change the way you think about an issue and take a new thought. That's what actually repent means. So when Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is around, is available now. Or the, because the kingdom of God is here. What he's saying is that there is a reality now. There's a reality, present reality of where you are, of the world system, of the situation in the world. But there is a new reality. And he's saying we should change our mind so that this real, new reality will become our experience. Praise the Lord. You see, the mind of a man plays a crucial role in his experience with God. In fact, I said the title is Faith uh, and the Renewed Mind. The effectiveness of our faith is actually how effective our faith is, is a lot has to do with the state of our mind or our mindset or our thoughts. Our mind gives context to how faith is expressed. Let me put it this way. Our mind is the valve through which faith expresses itself physically. Let me try and use this illustration. Now, faith is not from the mind. Keep that. That's not what I'm trying to say. Faith is from our spirit. That's why I've always argued that the believer do not have a faith problem. Because our spirit man is created perfect after Christ. So we do not have a faith problem. We don't. We don't have a faith problem. I do not believe we have a faith problem. Where the trouble is. Now, how does the mind please? The mind, you know, if you're... When I say the word valve... I use the word valve. You know, when you open your tap in the house, 
You know that half tap has potential to gush out water as long as there's water in the reservoir, right? But you know you can determine that water will drop only one, one drop. Just droplets. But it has potential to gush out. Praise the Lord. That's how our mind and faith is. As a matter of fact, that's how our mind and the power of God is sometimes. In fact, most of the time. Praise the Lord. That's why I believe personally that probably that's one of the reasons probably God has been dealing with me in this area for a long time. Talking so much about mind renewal of our mind, you know, exposing ourselves, embracing the truth. Uh, some Thursdays ago, uh, in the in the language church, I was talking about embracing the truth of God's word. So I could have called this titanium. Praise the Lord. Just absolutely embracing the truth. Until we get to the point, until you and I, as believers, get to the point where we take God's word as the absolute truth. Absolute. And I'm used the word absolute truth. We might not be able to truly live the full potential of what we have capacity to do on it. Amen. Our concept of God then and the kingdom and our position as believers must be aligned to this truth for us to live the way he has designed us to live. For us to live. Until we absolutely embrace those truths, regardless of our preference facts. That's why the Bible said, the Bible never said that if you know the facts, John hates. He didn't say when you know the facts, you'll be free. He said when you know the truth. Because there will always be facts. Certainly there will always be facts. We get hit in our face with facts. But God never wants us to live by facts. It could be very contrasting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But you see, our, see, our ability to consistently, I'll get there, our ability to embrace the truth of God's words, aligning our thoughts and mindsets, to the word of God, to what it says about us. It's extremely important to us living to the fullness of our potential on earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we, we must understand this very clearly. You know, there's a story that jumped at me. Uh, recently, I was just studying the book of Judges. Just going through some of sometimes you just look at those stories. When I feel like watching epic movies, I just read the old Testament stories. <laughs> okay. And God said, the angel of God appeared to Gideon and he said to him, I mean, the angel came from the presence of God and he said to Gideon, Oh, mighty man. He said, The Lord is with you. Almighty man of, um, how did he read it? Of valor. And Gideon's response was very interesting in two ways. Not only that Gideon questioned his presence with them, 
He didn't, he couldn't even personalize it. He said, yes, the Lord is with us. The angel and said, the Lord is with us, with, with all of you. He said, the Lord is with you. The guy couldn't even accept the fact that the Lord is with him. His mind couldn't even take that. He was thinking in the general terms. Praise the Lord. And the angel have to walk him through the process of accepting that the Lord is with him. Praise the Lord. That happens because the guy was faced with a present reality of running away from the Midianites. Hallelujah. But you see, until our mind change and shift to accept God's truth about us, we might never really live to the full potential of, our, of what we can do. You know, in those my little epic stories, sometimes when I read through them, one that has thinking like this, that Moses ran away from Egypt. Joshua was still in Egypt. You know, the children of Israel lived like 430 years in that bondage. I don't know how Joshua is, or was rather. But one thing I'm sure, by the time they were in the wilderness, he probably was around 40 years old. How do I know that? Because when uh, Caleb was talking to Joshua later, he said, about 40 years ago, I'm like this, and at that time, he was 80. Okay? So probably it was around 40. So probably by the time they left, I don't know how many years they spent in the wilderness before that. Go and check. I've never really had time to study that. <laughs> but probably it was in his 30s. Probably. And I submit to you that one of the reasons, now you, you, you could come up with your own reasons, but this was my thinking. That one of the reasons why God will not be able to call anybody in Egypt to deliver the children of Israel was because they have the wrong mindset. That miracle couldn't have been wrought through any one of them. You see, for generations, 400 years plus they've been in slave, slavery. A slave is not trained to challenge anything. He's only trained to follow others. There is no way Joshua will have had enough courage to look at Pharaoh. There's no way. That's my personal opinion. Just my personal opinion. It's not a relation. Just personal opinion. <laughs> you know, when, when Moses was, while Moses was in Egypt, while Moses was in Egypt, that he killed an Egyptian that was beating up uh, an Israelite. The story made it very clear to us that was nobody, that Moses looked around, there was nobody else. So just those three people. Moses, the Israelite, and the Egyptian. Yet Moses killed the guy. And the palace got to know. How? There are only two possibilities. Moses himself told the palace, but Moses couldn't have reported himself. So there's only one more possibility left. The Israelite that he rescued. The slave. You know why? Because in his mind, you couldn't just challenge the master. So would God have called that guy to go and tell Pharaoh to let his people go? No. He can't accept the message. Not that God cannot speak to him, but he won't be able to accept the message. God have to talk to a man 
that I even ran away from Egypt, but yet I have the audacity to say, who, who, I mean, or probably what Moses was thinking about is I killed this one. And the Israelites found out that, man, we can challenge these guys. They will support me. And probably that will be all breakout war. And the Israelites will leave the place, you know, forcefully. But when he didn't get any support, he ran. You know those kind of things that don't worry, go forward, we are behind you. <laughs> you now get to the party, you find that you are alone. <laughs> so the guy took off. So this time around, he needs to have an assurance that God is with him. To go back. Praise the Lord. That's why I said if your presence does not go, I won't go. Hallelujah. But you see, down many years after, after about 40 years, that Joshua had been with Moses, I believe absolutely there have been a lot of change in the mindset. That's why God could tell him in Joshua 1 verse 8 that you know the key to the, to do to do to victories. Joshua 1 8. Let's let's look at it. This wasn't the test. Let's but let's look like it. It makes a lot of sense. Praise the Lord. Joshua 1 8. If you if you are looking for Joshua, it's after Genesis. And definitely you will see before Malachi. Just in case. Just in case. Just just Joshua 1 8. Hallelujah. Now, see what he told him. See what he told him. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do accordingly that is written in it, all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Who will make his way prosperous? Praise the Lord. Then thou shalt deal wisely and have good success. Who will have good success? Praise the Lord. That means that the responsibility is actually not with God. The person that will determine if there's going to be good success, the person that will determine if this way will be prosperous is Joshua. Because God's position never changes. It's already predetermined. Success, prosperity. God already determined that for him. And now he's showing him, this is how Moses got here. Now, you spent 40 years with Moses. Just continue this way. This is a pattern. Praise the Lord. What was he telling me? To embrace the truth about who he is. Hallelujah. That's why I love the song when they were singing it. That, it's when he quoted that Ephesians 2. Boy. You know, recently in, in uh, Campus Fellowship, I also gave a language church the same assignment because that's probably the assignment I'm also do, trying to do right now. Just keep going through the book of Ephesians, Colossians, and uh, Philippians. Just going through it. Just read through it. Keep reading through it. You know why? Because I just want to keep exposing my mind to as much truth as possible. You know, you will not think, you know, when everyone else was teaching us on, on Wednesday, you will not think the presence of God is, 
away from you, when you are conscious of the fact that you are one with him, there's no way that thought will cross your mind. Hallelujah. There's no way to cross your mind. So it is a necessity that we re-educate our mind in the reality of our new nature and position. Before the perfect will of God can be made manifest in our flesh. We need to re-educate our mind. What did he say about us? Hallelujah. Like I said, there are facts. But truth always win. Amen. Amen. That's one of... Let's, let's see some truths together about us. Is that okay? Let's, let's open to the book of Ephesians 1 verse uh, 18. We pray this a lot. If you don't, please do. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I- I'm going to read from verse 18 using amplified version. He said, by having the highs, Paul was saying that now. Oh, you know, you just love to read all this up. <laughs> this whole chapter sometimes. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Okay, pardon me to just start from verse 18 because of time, because Paul was praying. Oh, let me start from 17. For I always pray, the God of our Father, Lord Jesus, that the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into the mysteries and secrets, and deep intimate knowledge of God. By having your eyes of your heart flooded with light, that they flooded with knowledge of God, so that you can know and understand the hope which he has called to you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in his saints, he set apart one. And so you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing power, surpassing greatness of his power in us and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Hallelujah. If you read down, you're talking about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And he's saying that same power is in you and for you. That's a deep truth, right? It doesn't look like our facts. But he said that's what you should believe. There's so much power available in you that the equivalent, the, only, the equivalent of it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You know, sometimes you, if, you, if you don't read the Bible from the mindset of a believer... You would think Jesus is very arrogant. Sometimes I, I, I mean, I try to take off my church head and say, hey, Tosi, if you are also among the Jews, you probably will stone this guy. Jesus said, nobody take my life from me. He said, please me when I lay down. When I'm done, I'll pick it up again. At about 30-something years old, he was talking to the Israelites. He said, <laughs> this one always blew my mind up. He said, your father Abraham saw my days and he rejoiced. 
Those guys were mad. They were angry. They said, how old are you? How old are you? We know where you were born. If it's today, somebody probably will say, I help your mom change your diapers. I said, how dare you say that? You know, Jesus, did, you, know, it, it, you know, the way he said it before wasn't as even much as serious as the next thing he said. He said, before the guy came. <laughs> it's like me looking at Pastor Utina and telling him that before your great grandfather was born, I am. <laughs> if it's not in his good moments, he should stop me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you, do you notice that what the disciple rejoice over? Now, I'm not trying to in any way undermine miracles. But you, do you notice that there was no time the Bible ever recorded that Jesus did any miracle and he was rejoicing? I'll say that carefully again. When the disciples went out and miracles happened, when they returned and they were rejoicing about the miracles that happened, Jesus, what was Jesus' response? He said, why are you, said, why are you rejoicing over that? He said, rejoice that your name is written. What it seems to say, rejoice that you are a member of the kingdom. Because once you are a member of the kingdom, what you just saw is enough. These are hard truths, right? But it's the truth. It's not rejoice. There was no time. I, I mean, in my little study, it could be corrected later. <laughs> but in my little study, there was no time. Because there is no, if you are a, if you have been, uh, how will I put it this way? If you order for pizza, your delivery man is bringing you pizza. When the guy delivers it to you, does he start rejoicing? That I've delivered it. No. Because that is what he's supposed to do. That's why the disciples, Peter, James, and John, when they got to the beautiful gate, hey, I love this. When they got to the beautiful gate, and the guy was begging for harms, they looked at him. It's a silver ago we had none. But such that we have. Such that I have. They know they have it. It's like a delivery man. They were not they didn't they did it, they weren't even rejoicing. Did they start rejoicing at the gate? No. Now I'm not saying if you don't celebrate miracles, but I, I put it to you this way. A lot of times that people have ministries, not like it. Are viewed around their old ministry around miracles. It's because it's something that is strange to believers sometimes. It's far in between. If you see them consistently, just imagine Peter walking past people on the street. How many of them will he rejoice over? Just walking past people and the person was getting up from this from the sick bed. Just walking past. He didn't say he planned a healing meeting. He's going out on his own. But people knew that when Peter passes, hmm, something could happen. And as he walked past, people get healed. 
Praise the Lord. You see, that's how God wants us to think. That's the truth he wants us to embrace. That's the truth he wants us to... You know, sometimes I pinch myself because I'm also trying to learn. And thank God we have a pastor that is teaching us. You know, we were having a meeting yesterday and everyone was saying that God told him that... Uh, ah, pastor, can I say this? <laughs> that he should spend more time praying. What, what will prayer do for us? Sometimes it just helps us to appraise ourselves to those truth and be able to absorb it. And in my mind, I was thinking, I said that, that's what you have been told severally. Pray more. Spend time. I, I, I have to admit that. I, I, I will tell you, I'm, I don't think I'm praying as much as I should be praying. Personally. You can do more, right? So if you're doing one, you can do two or three. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It helps us. We need to embrace our, the truth. We need to, you see, one of the things prayer does for us, I didn't write all this. One of the things prayer does for us is it keeps our mind in a way where we can embrace this truth. Because some of these truths are hard to accept. Look at Moses again. Back to our epic movie. Brought the children of Israel out. When he was going to Egypt, God, I'm not sure the route he passed, but he certainly didn't pass the Red Sea. Because he would have been prepared. But on his way back, here he is with about 2 million people facing the Red Sea. This was Moses that was coming with boldness, confidence. You know, when you read that story truly in, in uh, Exodus 14 now, you almost would not think <laughs> that probably Moses had some trouble believing at that point. Exodus 14. Now, when he got there, and the children of Israel said, ah, wow, this is trouble, we're going to die. This. The Bible says Moses faced them and told them, he preached the message of faith. In fact, he closed the sermon by saying, the Egyptians you see today, you will not see them tomorrow. You will not see them again. Then God said, Moses, why are you crying to me? Now, that immediately thought told me something that maybe between that time he finished the message, and a few minutes after then, Moses did something that made God to respond that way. Because that doesn't align with the message of faith he just preached. Right? Probably after Moses have done that. And you know some of us do that too. I have done that. When you just tell people that, no, don't worry, everything will be sorted. <laughs> you go, go, God. <laughs> when they are not seeing you, they can't even see your face. That probably you were close to tears yourself. Praise the Lord. And God looked at Moses. and said, Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell my people to go forward. Hey, if you are in Moses' shoes, go where? Forward. Father, are you seeing this? Praise the Lord. Allow the instruction he gave Moses. He said, stretch out your hands. He didn't say, I will stretch forth my hands. He said, you do. And divide the sea. So God told Moses, stretch out your hand, divide the sea. So Moses stretched out his hand and did what? Divided the sea. Not God. 
Now, someone said you are taking God's glory. Mm-mm, you can't take God's glory. You are one with him. Keep that as the truth, fundamental truth. John 17. We are one with him. We can't be separated with, from him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are one with him. You can't take it. I used to even respond to people that way that Jesus never said there was no issue of sharing glory. If you read John 17, because of a time I won't go to, he said the same glory you have given me, I have given unto them. He's not sharing it, he gave it. So there's no debate on where he's sharing. He said Moses divided. And Moses did. You know, I read a, I, 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 I wanted to do a little test for us because I was reading this yesterday. I was laughing to myself. A, a bit of check, a mind check. When Paul said, examine yourself if you are in faith. Sometimes he's saying that we should examine ourselves if you are truly embrace the truth. You know, when God, Jesus was telling disciples in, in Matthew 10, I could see myself speaking to me. And he said, go into the world, preach the gospel. Who is to preach the gospel? We could easily accept that, right? The next statement, he said, heal the sick. Who is to heal the sick? Raise the dead. You know, when we read the next two ones, it doesn't sound as if we quickly say that, you know, you know, there's some statements we make. Now, that people that made that statement with the right mindset, with the right concept. But a lot of us, I could say a lot, most of us, made those comments because we have not truly, fully embraced the truth. If I say that I'm going to church today, or I'm going to the street, and one of the things I would do is I would heal the sick. You know, sounds somehow, we? Your mind could do it. Because it's quick when you want to pray. A lot of time. Someone said this, and I love it. He said, Jesus didn't even ask us to pray for this. He said, heal them. Speaking about the end results. But let, let, let's do let's that aside. Now, when we want to pray for people, he never told us to announce to them. Sometimes we do this announcement. You know, my, I'll pray for you. It's God that does the healing. I can't heal anybody by himself. Why are you making all those excuses? He didn't tell you. See, this is what I think we do. This is what I think. And now I'm saying everybody that said it is thinking that way. We're looking for safety. Just in case it doesn't work. That, that's what we're looking for. My brother and I told you to go and heal the sick. Just do it. Heal the sick. Just do it. You don't need to start preaching to the person you know is with God. And the person can't see God. So the person is not sure. Will God be here to do it? Since he's not the one. He's just to talk. No. The guy said, look to me. What I have, I'm about to give you. He said, look to me. He didn't say look to God. Peter never said look to God. He said, look at me. Say facts. Say facts. The truth. These are the truths that we must embrace. So how, how do you get there? Because sometimes when you see, you know when you can talk about something until you face some realities? <laughs> some facts. Glory to God. 
Glory to Jesus. You know, sometimes as believers, we get caught up in all the, you know, when he was reading Ephesians 2, when he said we have been raised together with him, seated in heavenly places. And we're still physically here, right? What is saying we should have the mindset of the guy sitting there? That when you when you embrace that truth, you will get to a point. You won't get caught up in all the drama that is a lot of time we get caught up in all the drama that are happening here. What he's expecting us to do is to sit from that place and sort the drama happening here. Sit in that heavenly places. Sort the drama happening here. Not that you are sitting within the drama happening here and asking to sort it. I know we are growing. That there was a time I, I have to accept this truth that God never sees me sick. You couldn't have been sick. You can't be sick. Is there a fact that people will get sick? But are they sick? Is a believer sick? No. Because as long as the Father is seeing you in Christ, there can't be any sickness. As long as we are in him. And we are in him. Remember I said, John 17 that I quoted for us, that we may become one. Jesus said, inseparable, perfect in one. I, 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 begin, I read that truth to myself. 2017, I just read it to myself again and again and again. I was like, no, I can't. That you almost sound arrogant to people. I went for a check, a pre-employment check test. And the nurse checked. I was just around the period these things are going on in my head. And the nurse checked my BP and he said, ah, it seems your BP here. I said, I said your machine is faulty. I said it, as in I said it so strong. I said your machine is faulty. So you can't. can't be possible. He said, when she, obviously, the way I responded a bit too, you know, it was a little bit taken back. She now said, What should I write? I said, Write the normal one. <laughs> and I left. Now, <laughs> forgive me. There's people that knows me, my wife will tell you that I don't like hospital drama. <laughs> I got home that night. I just went straight to. Uh, I was going to pick something in the SSI. I went to one of our lovely ladies who got married and left. She's a pharmacist. And I just went to, she used to work then inside the estate. I just went to a pharmacy and I said, bring out your machine. He said, ah, what is it? Why do you want to? I said, just check. I said, I want to prove a point to someone. And she checked everything was normal. I said, their machine must be faulty. I said it. <laughs> now, see, she used the manual one. They said it's more correct. I don't believe it. I still refuse to believe. Now, why was I talking like that? There was some level of truth that I've embraced. Some level of truth I've embraced, and I refuse to let go of. I was talking to some of my guys in school one time. I said, I told them, I look, when we want to do any program, I'll tell them that don't discuss money first. Discuss the plan. One day I jokingly to one of them. I said, Do you think that I always 
uh, practically have money with me. He said she believed that. <laughs> I said that's not true. But I learned over time to understand that the medium was exchanged for me as a believer is faith. Not error. You know, if you set your mind on error, you'll be very disappointed. Grossly disappointed. Hallelujah. God wants us to live with that mindset. So that's why I just, I, I set plans on things. I try walking, to, I walk towards it. Simple. I remember when I was praying for my wedding. You know, facts again, right? <laughs> oh, dear God. Some, some of my closest friends know, do not even know some of the dramas that happened. My wife is here, so she allowed me to say this many years ago. As we were preparing for wedding, some dramas happened where I was working and we were being held salary. So when she wrote out the budget, at some point I said, don't show me this budget again. Just keep it. Once we need money for anything, tell me, I'll pay. <laughs> she knows I was avoiding to see the paper. You know why? I don't want to see that paper. Because, thank you, my heart will cut. <laughs> I never wanted to see them. So she would tell me, Tosin, we need to go and get wedding gown next week. I said, no problem, I'll give you money. Some of our money will just come. I work with that. Sincerely speaking, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I share this thing because I want to also see that. See, I try as much as possible to only speak the things I probably have experienced myself. But there's still more for me to experience too. We shouldn't... The, I love the way Pastor Jim said it. The believer lives by the blessing. You know what that means? It produces miracles. When one is needed, you just do it. See Jesus again. You know, it's a perfect example. See Jesus again. They went to Jesus. They said, Master, we need to pay tax. I don't know if they told him maybe Judas doesn't have anything in his, in, his, in his wallet or whatever. Oh, yeah, I spent it. And Jesus said, just go to the fields. I mean... Those things are mind-blowing, right? Is that the first fish you cash? Take the money and give them. There was no say rejoice. He didn't even have to sing praise the Lord. He didn't, Jesus didn't, sometimes, <laughs> we sing, listen, listen. Get the perspective right. We worship just because we adore God, not because we're trying to bring his presence down. Jesus didn't need to sing or do something special to say now the presence of God is there. Go and get the fish. Praise the Lord. You know, the, one of the wonder ones that, you know, sometimes it's just good to read some of those stories, right? It helps you. When Jesus said to the disciples, when the, the 5,000 men were hungry and disciples were telling him, they were telling him facts. We have only this, we have only that. It can't even take care of these guys. The best way to tell them to go home. If anyone drops on their way, the others will carry in. I mean, we can't do this. 
And Jesus said something to them. He said, I ring them to sit down. Every time I think about that, I try to think that I'm Peter or I'm John. And I'm saying to myself, what will be going on in their head when Jesus said, let them sit down 50-50? Probably they may be thinking to myself, God, this guy again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When they were breaking it and giving it to people, what we see? A preacher once made a joke that there were twelve baskets left, so that each one of those guys would carry it. So the truth will sink in their head. <laughs> Hallelujah! Embracing the truth. Now let, let me try and wrap up. Now, how do we get there? One of the reasons why we must be in every service. And every meeting in church is to consistently expose our mind to the truth. That's the reason. Why you shouldn't meet Wednesday service is to keep expressing my mind to the truth. Studying yourself. There are so many other truths I want to show us about ourselves, but time will not allow me. Is to keep exposing your mind to the truth. You know, sometimes some of the truths that we are faced with, we need to do, we need to say it over and over again before it sticks. I'm telling you. You know, for some of our children, I, that's why I'm blessed. I, I mean, I'm so blessed with these guys. Anytime I see them, they have the opportunity to be exposed to the truth from where they are young. Some of us, I was probably 18. 17, 18, when I got born again. Do you know how many nonsense I've learned before then? I've, there was a time I used to, I used to, we had a nanny, and one day she said something, and I stopped her. My mom wasn't home that day. And uh, my mom was to go into a room, and there was no light, and she was trying to stop him from going to the room. And so she was trying to scare him by saying, uh, there's something in the room. All those juju things. And I said, don't. Because I don't, that's training them with fear. Children doesn't come to this world with unbelief. We train them. We train them with unbelief. This one, there's one of the hilarious ones that happened between myself, my wife, and my daughter. We were in the car, in the estate. And she, did you just believe? She's been saying, we need a bigger house. She's much younger than Probably five. Can't remember. Maybe five. Daddy, we want we need a bigger house, and she can read at that time. So I've always have reason as way to explain it, you know. Then we are now driving past there. So there's one big house just behind the road for sale. <laughs> uh, and and she looked at the house and said, "Daddy, there is for sale on that house. I think you guys need to buy it." My wife already laughing. <laughs> because this one is like, that is trapped. How am I going to respond without teaching him or doubt? She said, she even made it worse. She said, don't worry. The two of you can put your money together. I'll borrow you my own money too. I'll hide it so that we'll buy the house, just in case. And I said to her, I said, she made that's good. I said, we'll buy it. I said, not necessarily today, but we'll buy that kind of house. And sincerely, we'll still buy it. 
That's the truth, I believe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, at that moment, do you think I want to inquire how much that house costs? <laughs> Praise the Lord. There was a time, as I do one funny thing, I, I, I would just, uh, I mean, some few years, two, two, three years ago, I would just go to places, I would ask them, how much is this house? It's not because I have money. I'm trying to train my mind not to be afraid of 100 million. Praise the Lord. We must, you see, we must embrace God's truth. You see, those facts don't shake Jesus. Never did. They brought a man dead. It didn't make him different. There was no difference. There was no special prayer because there was a dead person. There was no special prayer. It wasn't different from when he healed the person that was sick with malaria. There was no difference. It's about the truth you have embraced. Do you see yourself exactly what he said you are? Can you accept that truth? Did he call you healed? You must embrace the truth that you are healed. Not trying to get healed. Praise the Lord. You're speaking to someone that is in particular condition. You see, it's, we are quick to embrace when people get born again because we don't see any difference, right? You can't see anything changing in the person's head. We are easy to embrace that. But when you see someone walking with a bad leg, in your mind, you thought that was more difficult. But if you ever studied the word salvation, it means the same thing. Either healed, sick, delivered. Same. Jesus Christ then was saying, Either he raised the dead, he healed the sick, the people got saved. It's the same. Same. And that's the truth we must embrace. That when we go out to speak to people, you should expect to see that. It should be our expectation. Your expectation when you see sickness, you should see it as something strange. He said it's natural for people to fall sick. Who said that? Men. Man's facts. God's truth never agree to that. You can't be sick. You can't have high blood pressure. You can't. I know some of these I just said now nah. are <laughs> like heavy truth to some of us. But it's the truth. You see, look at a child that something is going, you should be able to speak consistently without changing your mind, regardless of the results that you have. Regardless. This person is not doing well in school. You know, one of our guys, while we were having fellowship this week, was saying that, he said, Pastor, I was, as I was studying that, one of those Ephesians, and I saw myself in him, and it just dawned on me, while I was walking on the street, that I have the same intelligence as God. So, subject should, subjecting school should not be a threat. You know that things, when you begin to embrace the truth, this is how you will know. Not only that the results you will see, your vocabulary too will change. The way you talk will change. The way I talk will change. You know some things you won't be able to say yourself to yourself. We, we practice that in, in school. You say something like, ah, this, this lecturer is killing me. How? 
You know, you'll be able to say things like that. I understand the context of what Pastor shared with us the other day. He said that when people say, people say things are bad now, you know, it's like saying that you can't even describe it good against very good. Do you understand? But there's a context you also know that we're just speaking our affairs. Imagine Jesus saying that this economy is killing me. It can't drop. It can't happen. But you see, it can't happen that I'm talking about now. It's not out of forming something. It's out of the conviction. But you keep exposing yourself to the truth. But sometimes you need to practice saying it until it becomes your conviction. Even when your head doesn't tell, agree with it. That can't be broke. Can never be broke. And you looked at your account, there was nothing. I can't share some of my stories. I'm telling you. <laughs> There have been moments. I share with some people that are very close to me. There have been moments. And I said I can't be broke. I was still dare to do things. I don't even allow you to show my face. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I don't know if it took maybe years after before I ever mentioned to Reverend some of the things that happened. In my workplace, my first place I worked. But it never just changed the way I behave. I refuse to. That, see, there are moments you get hit by those facts. I, trust me. There are moments you get hit by those facts. That you almost want to throw everything. Just remind yourself. Just remind yourself. I remember when I was trying to change my job to the current place I work. I listened to a particular message 15 times. Within two weeks. And you know what the message is all centered around? Where Jesus said to the disciples, the, My peace I've given unto you. I bequeath to you like an inheritance. And the word peace, you know the word shalom. You all know what the word means. And the message was just around that area. And the, the preacher said something that if you allow the peace of God to be dominant in your heart, even when you need a miracle, you will see it. I stayed on that mission for two weeks. 15 times driving to work. I love traffic at that period. I was just driving in my car. Just keeping listening to it. Just keep listening to it. Just keep listening to it. Praise the Lord. I've done that with some messages in church. Just keep listening to them. Just keep listening to them. Sometimes I'm listening, I'm praying in tongues. Listening, praying over it. Listening, praying over it. Why? Because I want this to embrace this truth on the point that there's nothing around me that could tell me otherwise. That's the point when you get the results. But who will determine when the results come? Just like God told Joshua, you. Make good success, you. Not God. But a lot of believers will go to heaven never fully realizing their full potential on it. Praise the Lord. I understand there's an anointing on us. I understand there's anointing within me and there's anointing for service and all that. But what is within is powerful enough to get anything done on this earth. You don't need to be called into ministry. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed today? Hallelujah. You know, if you're, if you're feeling pain in your body right now, 
you couldn't, I couldn't turn this thing. You should, you probably should just say, I'm a believer, and you turn it. It could be that simple. You're blessed? Why not just thank God for his word? His truth never fails. Never fails. Forever his truth shall reign. Heaven and earth. Rejoicing in his holy name. He is assaulted. The king is assaulted. Alive. I will praise him. He's exalted. Rejoice in his holy name. He's exalted. Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. Hallelujah. 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 You know, there, there's someone that you, you'll be, you are, you're looking at what you have and you said it's not enough. It's no longer sustaining. You needed an increase. Something needs to increase. I, I don't know if it's salary or, or your income through whatever you do. You said the key to that increase is in your hands. Push it. Just push it. Push it. It's truth. It's what can never fail. We worship Him forever, forever. Heaven and earth, rejoicing in holy name. Exalted, 